Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from Pastor Nathan Lang. To Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. Uh, I want to be a help to you tonight. I want to, I want to send you out here with something practical that you can, I mean, that applies to you right now. And I believe uh, the verse that the Lord gave me to, to, to dissect tonight, I believe he's going to do just that. But Matthew chapter number 7 uh, is, is where we're at tonight. Now, this is a verse, uh, I'm, 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 I'm focusing in on one verse tonight, and it is a verse that many of us have, have read probably a hundred times or more. Uh, it's a verse that we've heard preached probably a dozen times or more, uh, but yet it is something that we struggle with and we deal with every day of our lives. As a matter of fact, I just had to deal with uh, exactly what I'm getting ready to teach and preach to you tonight. I actually dealt with this in a very, very literal way earlier today. And so, uh, and so the Lord just kind of uh, just said, hey, this, is a, this fits exactly with what you're talking about tonight. And so I'm thankful. So Matthew chapter number seven and uh, verse number 12, the Bible says, therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them? For this is the law and the prophets. Let me read that one more time. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them? For this is the law and the prophets. You know, we live in a, in a very self-centered world. We do. And, um, you know, one of the problems that I have, if I can say with Facebook, I'm on Facebook and, uh, and every day I question why I'm even on there, uh, but I'm on Facebook. But one of the problems with Facebook is people, you can make up uh, sayings and you can make up what are called memes and you can say whatever you want on there. And you can post it, and it could be the most feel-good thing, and has nothing to do with Scripture. And it, as a matter of fact, it's not Scripture. And it's amazing to me the people that'll jump on there and tag that, and 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 say, "Yeah, this is so good." And and uh, and a lot of people will post things like, you know, "I'm fed up, and I can't take, you know, my boss anymore. Uh, I think next time I'm going to tell them what I think of them." And then you see people jump on there, comment, "Oh yeah, I hate my boss, and and he's horrible." And yeah, and and, and you see that, and I just think, "Oh, that's so horrible." You know, when I'm on on social media. Media platform. Uh, I, I have a Twitter account. I have a Facebook account. I have an Instagram account. Uh, I believe I have a Snapchat account, though I don't get on there. I don't really get on uh, Instagram ever. I don't, I'm not for showing you pictures of every facet of my life. It really is none of your business, uh, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. And so uh, I'm on, I've got a different different following in, in, in each category. Uh, but uh, but here, here's the thing. I do my best to use those to glorify God, not to complain, not to hobby horse, not to be negative about everything that's going on. I try to use it for a positive thing. But the reality is, as I mentioned a little bit ago, we live in a a very self-centered culture and it encourages us uh, to look out for who? Number one. Number one. And uh, if we're not careful, our flesh is automatically going to default and it's going to want to take care of number one. Uh, I need to take care of myself before I can take care of anybody else. Now that is true to an extent. Uh, if you're not together, how are you going to help somebody else? You know, how are you going to be any good for anybody else if you can't get your act together? But here's the thing. We're never going to be fully together. We're always going to be working on things in our lives. And, uh, and that's perfectly fine uh, to realize that. Uh, you know, uh, I thought it was amazing. There's this big craze going around all over. You'll see uh, the, the, the rapper uh, artist, if you want to call him that, uh, Kanye West, uh, from what they say, has, has trusted Christ. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, you've seen that. And, and here's the thing. A lot of people are jumping in to the negative and doubting that. And, uh, and one, of the, one of my Twitter followers, 
hours. Um, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Actually, let me, uh, I, I, uh, I took a picture of it. That's how I save things. I just snap a picture of it. But uh, this is going to tie into what I'm saying. Just trust me. Just hang on there. But uh, one of my, uh, somebody on Twitter, they posted this. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to be able to find it now. That's how that goes. Uh, here it is. Here it is. This is what he said. He said, I'm more surprised God saved me than I am that he saved Kanye West. Because I'm the worst sinner I know. Now, now listen to me now. Uh, <laughs> we know we're saved by God's grace. But, but here's the deal. A lot of people are jumping on and all they're doing is tearing down whether or not this person trusted Christ or not. And, uh, and here's, 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 the, here's the thing that I love, Brother Horsley. Well, let's just wait and see if they really got it. We'll say wait over the course of time. You know, it's amazing to me because last I checked, we will go door to door and we will knock on some, some complete stranger's door and we will lead them in a quick prayer leading them to Christ. We've known them all of 10 minutes and we come to church and we rejoice. What about what? What happened? Somebody got saved. Even to the point where we bring them down, baptize them, we add them to the church that next day. Uh, here, I don't know why I'm even really given this, but it just kind of was, <laughs> I was just, this has been on my mind all week. You know, here's what I'm trying to say. If somebody claims that they've got, they've trusted Christ, why don't you cheer them and say, hey, praise God for it, not try to doubt them away. You see what I'm saying here? But you know what? We try to think about, number one, Jesus commanded us to treat others the way that we want to be treated. Uh, and, you know, and, and there, it shouldn't be I'm nice to you because of what I can benefit from it. Uh, we shouldn't be nice to people because they're just because they're our boss. We shouldn't be nice to them just because they're going to help us in some financial way. Uh, it, it's just that should not be the case all the way across the board. But you know what? Uh, that seems to be uh, what we do. The golden rule, treating others how we want to be treated. Um, many of you may have been able to see this on the, uh, on the television or on, on, on the internet in some way uh, where uh, President Trump was at a baseball game and they started booing him. Can I say, whether, whether, whoever is the president, can I say that is just horrible? That, that is just horrible to get on and, and, and have that kind of character to want to do that. You know, whether you agree with the leadership or not, there should be a level of respect there. Can I get an Amen. And uh, uh, that's the deal. You know, uh, as much as I did not like our previous president's ideology, I never got up and booed him. I never got up and tried to, you know, you know, d you know in those fashions. And I just think that's very, uh, uh, these are just some little lessons I'm, I guess I'm just throwing out there. And uh, as we're getting ready to really dive into this message, forgive me, I'm not trying to, trying to derail it here. Uh, but we live, we live in a world with billions of people and that number is growing, over six, seven billion people. And... Um, you know, thinking about all the people we have to come in contact with every day. Every day, uh, there's people who we have to deal with. There's people uh, who we do not like. Everyone has that person at work that you don't like. Everyone has that person in the church, listen now, that you don't so much get along with. Uh, everyone has that person, that neighbor that just seems to always be giving you issues and never, you know, you know get your trash can off my yard and, uh, you know, whatever, who are they're just always giving you a fit. You know, uh, how, do we, how do we properly respond to that? Well, the Bible says, if you look in our text verse in verse number 12, therefore, all things whatsoever we ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. And can I say that word all is very key, very key in this, in this lesson tonight. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make from him help meet for him. You know, um, whether or not we admit it, human companionship is something that we all desire. And we can choose, we can choose to have the right relationship with people. And, and can I say that this, this, this stems from waking up in the morning and having a proper walk with God. 
having a proper walk with God. Now, let me give you an illustration that I just had just earlier. Uh, we, were, we, were, I was, we were helping somebody in the church move earlier, and uh, one of the people we were with had parked across the street in a spot that uh, evidently said, you know, we're going to tell you if you park here. And so the manager came out, and he really laid into me. I mean, he, he cussed me out, all that. And my, my flesh, you want to know what my flesh wanted to do? My flesh wanted to come up out of my skin and just lay into this guy. Hey, it was a simple mistake. It's no big deal. We'll move the car. Nobody, nobody was injured in this altercation. You know? And uh, my flesh. And so after he finished chewing me out, um, I, simply, I simply looked out and said, well, thank you for being so kind in the matter, sir. And, uh, and, so, and, and, and I thought to myself, now, let me say this. That was me holding my flesh back, by the way. And, uh, and, I, and I thought to myself, uh, I thought to myself, this can get really ugly or this can, this can you know, I don't know how this is going to go. Uh, all I knew is if he came at me, I was going to hide behind Bob Weaver and that was how it was going to go. I already had this thing planned out. Uh, but here, here, here's the thing. Now, I could have let my tongue loose and I could have, hey, you treated me this way. Now I'm going to treat you this way. Can I say that we never have an excuse to lose our testimony? God nowhere in the scripture says, okay, it's, it's okay for you to let, let go of your flesh and just completely and completely uh, lose it. You know, there's a lot of things that I was talking with uh, Brother Horsley just the other day, and we were talking about the area uh, where people try to excuse away where Jesus uh, was angry. He was angry in the temple, and he, uh, people, people misinterpret that as he lost his testimony or something. Hey, no, that was a righteous anger. That wasn't a fleshly, you know, I'm just going to tell you how I feel. No, that, that's not it at all. And can I say, we've got to keep that in mind when we want to tell somebody, this is what I think of you. We need to think, okay, uh, is this pure? Is it just? Is it right? And we're going to get into that in just a few moments. But can I say that our speech and our attitude must have truth and grace. Now, if you are not a note taker, Grab something to write with and grab something to write this down. If you do nothing else, I want you to write these two statements down I have for you tonight. It's mandatory. If you don't do it, I won't pray for you tonight. <laughs> now, of course, I'm going to pray for you tonight before I pillow my head, but I just want, to, want you to see how, how urgent this is that I want you to write this down. Let me get me a quick sip of water while you're locating something. And just one of you, if you're, if you're with somebody, you both don't have to write it down. Truth and grace. Grace says, this is what I want you to write down. Grace says, I'll love you no matter what. Grace says, I'll love you no matter what. Truth says, I'll be honest with you no matter what. Truth says, I'll be honest with you no matter what. Now, here, now here's the deal. In my household, I had to learn this a long time ago. I've got six children. I, I had to learn that there must be truth and there must be grace. I cannot be all truth or all I'm ever going to do is discipline, discipline, discipline. And ultimately, my kids are going to grow. They're not going to, not only are they going to resent me, but that's not the reason, that's not really the, the reason that I'm, I'm not just administering just truth. Because if I'm only showing them truth, they're not going to know anything of God's grace. What my kids know of God's grace are what I teach them and what I show them. Not just literally with my mouth, but also with my life when I'm trying to show my children truth and grace. Now, here's, here's a problem that we have sometimes. Some parents, they're all grace. They're all grace. 
And so whatever goes, there's no punishment. There's, no, there, there's nothing here. Uh, you just keep doing it. Uh, we'll just tell you that that's bad. And there's never any repercussions for it. And they're going to go through life not realizing uh, that, listen, uh, hey, God is a gracious God. And I'm thankful for the age of grace. But the reality is they must know truth. So we must have both. Grace says, I'll love you no matter what. Truth says, I'll be honest with you no matter what. And so if the reality is, if we truly love our children, uh, we're going to be honest with them and tell them, hey, this is, uh, this is why I'm not going to give you grace all the time. You know, there's times where I specifically lay it out. I'm giving you grace. And I let, make sure my kids know what grace is. If they did something that's a punishable offense, disobedience, uh, dishonesty, and disrespect. Those are the three areas that my children are disciplined for. Disrespect, dishonesty, and disobedience. And so as we go through life, it's very, very easy to look out at everyone else who's not doing what they're supposed to do and not treating us how we're supposed to be treated. Hey, well, you know what? Why don't we show grace and why don't we, uh, and truth at the same time, uh, but why don't we show grace and show them love? You know, once again, my flesh wanted to lash back at this, at this person. I really did. And, uh, uh, but I said, oh, no, that's, that's not the way to handle this. How many of you, I was with, <laughs> I, I, got, uh, I got lunch with a, with a pastor friend just the other day. And uh, he actually came by the office and knocked on the door and said, hey, uh, what are you up to? And I said, well, I'm getting, you know, let's go get lunch. And so we went over to the Frisch's and got a bowl of soup. And, and, uh, and he was talking about how he had gone to the doctor and they messed some things up. And he said, boy, he said, uh, Brother Nathan, I really blew it. He said, and it wasn't Brother Horsley either, by the way, uh, but he said, uh, <laughs> he said, I really blew it. And uh, he said, man, he said, let's just put it this way. When I left there, I didn't feel comfortable giving them a track. How many of you have been there before where you said, you know what? Um, I can't leave a track. And you know, uh, if we're not careful, we let our flesh get the best of us to the point that it renders us ineffective in the Lord's work. So if we can look back at it and say, all right, now I really made a fool of myself here. Um, you know, I, I've got to be careful. You know, I've got to be careful in this. Uh, what could I have done differently? And you know, one of the greatest things you can do is look at it and say, you know what? Um, you know, I, I should have handled that differently. And, uh, and this is how I need to handle it in the future. You know, if we learn off of our mistakes, uh, it, it's going to help us in the future. It's going to help us in the long run. You know, here's the reality. If, boy, but, but here, 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 here's, where we, here's where we justify it. But it, it just felt so good. They needed to be told that they were a complete moron. You ever been there? Yeah. If me getting up in their face and letting them know how big of a moron they are, and excuse me if that word offends you, but if I, me, me getting up in their face and telling them like it is, if it is going to hinder my walk with God and it's going to win, uh, hinder my, my uh, witness for God, then what have I gained? What have I gained? You know, you know, you know what you gained? Are you ready? But it felt good. You know, now here's where I'm going with this. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to lead you through this mind process here. Remember what I said earlier, how we want to look out for number one? It made me feel good, though, to tell them how, you know, ineffective they were, how whatever. Hey, we've, we've got to be careful. We've got to be very careful with this. If you're going to go off on somebody, you better make sure that you've, you've, uh, <laughs> you've spent time in the, in the prayer closet about that thing. In everything you do with others, you should ask yourself this question. How would I feel if this were done to me? How would I feel if this were done to me? And you know, that word all, you know what it, it includes? Uh, it includes communication. 
Anytime you're speaking with someone else, uh, it would be very good for us to ask ourselves, how would I feel if someone said this to me, uh, what I'm telling to this person? If how I'm treating this person, how would I respond if they responded to me that way? Do you understand where I'm coming from here? You know, there's times where we hear, uh, you know, things that, that it's not our business and our, you know, it's the, or the business of others. Uh, you know, you may find out about a dispute between some people and, uh, you know, and what they're going through. Uh, but the Bible says in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That word no, that doesn't mean except for, it says... In Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Hey, church, what, what, am I, what, am I, what am I trying to help you with tonight? I'm trying to help you with something that we all fail at, that we all struggle with from one time or another. Maybe not, maybe not for you today, uh, but you mark it down. Somebody will give you a reason tomorrow. On my way here, I got behind somebody uh, who it was a 40-mile-an-hour uh, you know, road, and they were literally going 15 miles an hour. <clears throat> and I had to shake my head, and I just thought, you know what I wanted? I'm just telling you, know, my flesh... Hit that horn. Let's go, buddy. Come on. We got places to go. You know what I did? Put my blinker on, got in the other lane, and went on my way. I didn't cause a scene. I didn't, I didn't you know, get all upset about, hey, you know, uh, we've got to be careful with this thing. Uh, they said statistically the majority of our sinning comes from our lips. I mean, really, you know, I and mean, you think about it and what we say, gossiping, slander, uh, you know, all that stuff, backbiting. It's amazing how much, we, how much damage we can accomplish with our corrupt communication. And so, uh, you, so uh, all things, what is that? It includes our communication, how we're talking to people, what we're saying. Hey, not just what we're saying, church, but how we're saying it. You know, you can say something, uh, you know, somewhat nice, but in a bad way. Yeah, I'll pray for you. I don't want you praying for me because it's not going to go anywhere if that's your attitude. <laughs> you, you know, uh, how, how we can have this, 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 uh, this attitude there. Uh, but what about disagreements, you know? As long as you live on earth, you're going to have disagreements with people. And uh, there's no way to avoid it, uh, but there is a biblical way to handle it uh, when we're involved in a disagreement. In Matthew chapter 7, and verse 12, <clears throat> in this situation, think about how you would want to be treated. What would you want from the other person. Uh, you know, the reality is, uh, I've, I've learned this a long time ago. Um, and let me just say this, in that conversation, uh, I, was with, I was with Mr. Weaver and, uh, this, this earlier this morning when that happened, and, and I looked over at Mr. Weaver and I said, I said, man, I said, that guy was pretty nasty, wasn't he? And uh, he said, yeah, preacher, he said, but you don't know what he goes through all through the week. And I said, you know what, you're exactly right. And, and that's so true. Uh, what that person has to deal with, I don't know. Now, still no excuse to talk to somebody in that fashion. Uh, but, you know, uh, when somebody lashes out, I've learned this, and, and I'm no expert at this, but through the years, when someone lashes out at me, hey, there's a reason. And it, and it really, can I say this? When somebody lashes out at you, many of the times it really has nothing to do with you. you, were, you were just gonna, you're just getting the blunt end of it. <laughs> you're the person where they said, okay, I've had enough, I can't take it anymore, and, and, they, and they end up you know, lashing out on you. Can I, can I encourage you to have grace and use gracious speech? And, uh, you know, in that conversation, I, and, I, and I refer to it one more time, uh, but, but after he said that, I said, wow, you, you, you know, thanks for being so nice. 
I said, sir, I said, we apologize. I apologize. We're going to move the car immediately. Just like that. And you know what? He shut it down and he walked away. Now, it could have gone a different way. I wasn't carrying this morning, so I'm thankful. Uh, that's a joke, by the way. Um, but it could have gone a different direction. It really could have. If I would have used my pride and, and, and allowed my uh, you know, pride to set in and take over, uh, we could have literally been in an altercation. And I use that as an illustration because it's so easy throughout the week to just be very short with people. It's so easy to just let people know what you think of them. And, uh, you know, as I said earlier, as I re- read that quote that I, that I gave you when that person said, uh, I'm not surprised that God saved Kanye. I'm surprised that he saved me. <laughs> I'm thankful that he saved me. You know, we need to look at ourselves in these situations. Um, how would, you feel, how would you want to be treated? You would want to be respected, wouldn't you? Amen. Hey, you know what? When you're having a hard day, you're having a hard time. Hey, I want to be, I want to be respected. I want to be respected at least. Uh, you know, I can't tell you the conversations I've had through the years uh, where I've literally had to say, you know what? Why don't you calm down and I'll call you back in a little bit. Why don't you calm down? You know why? It's, it's not necessarily for their benefit. It's for me because I know how heated I'm about to get. <laughs> and I'm going to say something that's not going to be good. And so let's just... Let's just walk away from this for an hour and we'll come back to it. You know, when ev- with every child that my wife and I had, six children, every one of them, they, they, it's mandatory. The, the mom and the dad have to sit there and watch this video on what to do if a child has, is you know, just crying all the time. You can't console it. Uh, they tell you, put the baby down in the bed and walk, in the, walk away for 10 minutes. It could literally save that baby's life because of all the parents who just can't take it and end up killing their own baby because it won't stop crying. Now, those of you who, who may be sitting in here or listening to this wondering, how could someone do such a thing? You've never heard a baby scream without being able to console it for two hours straight before, and it shows. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, a ba- but you know what? Lay that ba- You know what we need to do sometimes? We, hey, all right, I just need to lay this anger aside, and I need to, I need to walk away from it for a few. I need to give it to God. Hey, you know, that sometimes that's, that's what we need to do. Uh, you say, man, I just can't believe I did that. You know, we're all going to have those moments. I can't, but preacher, I can't tell you how many preacher I blew it this week moments I've had with people. I say, okay, okay, so you blew it. Well, let's go back and let's start mending that relationship. Let's be the one to go back and say, hey, you know what? But hey, I didn't start it. Well, you're going to finish it because you're the Christian. Yeah, but we're both Christians. Well, you're going to be the more mature Christian. <laughs> You know what? What about the area of, I said, communication, disagreements? What about the area of correction? You know, there's certainly a time to correct your, your fellow brethren for the purpose. Listen, don't, write this down. The purpose of correction is for edifying. Write that down. The purpose of correction is for edifying. The purpose of correction is not so that you can show them that I'm the bigger man. It's not so you can show them I showed them who's boss. The correction part comes for the use, the purpose of edifying. And I think you can clearly see that very easily in the scripture of what we just read a few moments ago, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is the, to the good, to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. No one wants to be corrected. Uh, let me say this. No one wants to be corrected by a hypocrite. No one wants to be corrected by someone who's not living what they're trying to tell you you need to do. Now, that's where we can get in trouble with our bosses big time. You know why? Because they have a responsibility to make sure you do what you're supposed to do, even if they're not doing it fully. 
Matthew 7, verse 3 says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out that mote out of thine eye, and behold a beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of the, out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. What is he saying in a nutshell? You need to deal with your own stuff before you start trying to meddle in everyone else's business. Before you start telling everybody how to live their life, how to raise their children, how to do this thing, you need to make sure you've got everything cleared up in your life. And you know what? At the moment you're able to do that, you know what? That person just may hear you uh, in a different way than if you're going to them just telling them what they need to do because you don't like their lifestyle. When we do have to be corrected, we want it to be done by someone who approaches us in a sincere heart with love and concern and not because they just don't like how I do things. Hey, have, 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 have truth and grace. Have sincerity and love. But you know what? This also applies in our witnessing opportunities. You know, there's multiple ways to share the gospel with someone. The message is, message is always the same, but the delivery can come in various ways. Um, we've got, I know um, uh, Mrs. Jackson and Mrs. Mohat, they've got that, that color book where they can take kids through and they can show them through the color book how to lead somebody to Christ. Uh, we can take them through the Romans road. Uh, we can take them to John 3.16. I mean, there's so many ways you can sit down and, and, and lead someone to Christ. Uh, you know, ask yourself this question. If I were an unsaved person, how would I want to be witnessed to? Hey, you know, ha- show some compassion, show some grace. Um, you know, the, the reality is they may not get it the first time you sit down with them. You, you may have to take a two or three times, four times, five, whatever, 10 times. Be gracious with somebody. You know, I've, I've taken somebody through the, through the plan of salvation and I said, now do you understand? And if they, if they get hung up in that, in that thing, uh, then I'll go back as graciously as I can. I'll go back and say, all right, now, uh, is this the part you don't understand? Let's, let's, I want you to understand what you're doing here. I'm not trying to get you to just pray a prayer. The Bible says in Jude 22, if some have compassion, making a difference. There needs to be a compassion, uh, you know, when we're dealing with others. You know, <laughs> this is, the, I, you, you probably heard me say this last week if you were here. Um, I mentioned all the people. We had, by the way, from what I can calculate, we had over 200 visitors. That's not including our church. We had over 200 people on property on, on Sunday night. That was, that was amazing. And I'm thankful for everybody and all that you did to help out. It was, it, was, it was a tremendous time. It was wonderful. But if you remember last Sunday morning, this is what I said. I said, now there's going to be lost people on this property. Don't expect them to behave like Christians. They might say something. They might pull out a cigarette and light it up. You know, who knows what they could have done. Here, here's the thing. Have grace. Have grace. I remember where I was, and I remember my mindset before I got saved. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I wasn't beat over the head and made to feel unwelcome. Hey, I was treated with grace and dignity and respect uh, all the way through, and I'm thankful for that. What I'm saying is remember before you got saved how you wanted people to treat you. Hey, make sure that we haven't, if, you, if I can say this uh, in this way, uh, sometimes we forget where we came from. And, uh, you know, that person, you get upset. You know, you've heard me say this a few times where I'll say, you know what? I praise God when I walk from my car in here and I see a cigarette butt on the ground. Hey, I don't want to see the Lord's property, you know, littered up. I don't want you to think that. Hey, but I'm thankful that there's somebody here who has some things they're working on. I'm thankful that everybody in here doesn't have it all together. 
I'm thankful that, hey, did we, what am I saying? I'm not saying that I want them to rely on me or us. I want them to rely on Jesus Christ. And, and that signifies that. When we realize that we don't have it all together, it shows our dependence on the Lord. And we need a dependence on Him. You know, this all, it includes uh, all things. It includes our prayers. When you go through trials, how do, how do you want people to pray for you? How do you want people to pray for you? I wonder... If I were to ask without you looking on our prayer list that we pray through every Wednesday, if I said, can you name, how many people off that prayer list can you name without looking? Um, I, wonder what, I wonder how many of us would come up with more than five or ten names. Um, you know, prayer. You treat others how you want to be treated. You talk to them the way you want to be talked to. Uh, you witness to others the way you would want somebody to witness to you, to be gracious, to be patient, to be long-suffering with you, to make sure that they under, you understand what's going on uh, in our prayers. You know, when we ask people to pray for us, we ought to be praying for them the way we want them to pray for us. And uh, we, we, at church, we've got to make sure that we step up to the plate on this, uh, that a prayer, you know, when it, it seems like it's not until something's really going south that we really step up in our prayer time. And it shouldn't be that way. We should be praying fervently uh, for people on that prayer list. And we're praying for people with cancer. And we're praying for people uh, with, with child custody disputes. And you name it, all that sort of stuff. There ought to be a fervency. Uh, praying as if it were you uh, who, who's, uh, who's asking for that prayer. You know, we all appreciate people who are considerate and thoughtful. And just as we're grateful for the kindness of others, we should uh, you know, reciprocate that. We should be the person to say, you know what, I'm going to be kind. Even though this person is not friendly to me, even though they've showed me no respect, I'm still going to be gracious, I'm still going to show them the love of Christ, and I'm going to be nothing but kind back. You've heard that term, kill them with kindness. You know, can I say this also with that? We shouldn't be doing it just so we can show them. Yeah, I'm going to show you I'm the better person. I'm going to be, hey, whoa, 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 no. <laughs> You don't, you don't be nice to somebody out of spite. That, that's, that's never the proper answer. You're nice to them because Christ commanded us to. This is how we're to be. Hey, it is what separates. Anybody can get a grudge. Anybody can shout back. Anybody can, can you know, uh, let me just say this. In my household, it was a matter. It, it didn't matter if you had the right truth. What mattered was who could shout louder and longer. I learned with some of my relatives, and that's, now I'm not talking about my, just my house, I'm talking about my, my, my family in general, my uncles, who I'm not going to name, some of them are in heaven now. It didn't matter how right you were, you could have the word of God there, you could show them that verse, but if they can outshout you, then they felt they won. Can I say that it doesn't matter if you can outshout somebody, be gracious. Treat them how you would want to be treated. You know, it's very, very interesting how, how this right here uh, literally is one of the two areas that Christ summed up life. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God. Hey, love God and treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated. Now, if you're in here, I've heard people, you know, there's always that one person. Well, I don't care how I'm treated. No, yes, you do. You do. Deep down, you do. You may, if you have an I don't care attitude, uh, then, then you need to work on that in and of itself. But he says in this verse, in verse 12, that men should do to you. That men should do to you. It's known as the golden rule. You know, most religions have a golden rule that is, has something to do with treating others well. Most religions do. And this verse is very different from the 
golden rule of other religions, one of the biggest differences is the motivation. The motivation. The motivation. Let me tell you what your motivation is not. Our motivation is not so that men will treat us the way we want to be treated. Because when you start throwing that stipulation in there, okay, I'm going to treat you how I want to be treated, uh, and if you don't treat me the way that I want to be treated, then I'm going to cease to be nice to you. No, that's not the motivation. That is not the motivation that keeps you going. That is not the motivation behind this verse. Our motivation is simply the love of Christ. He did something for me that I couldn't do for myself, so I'm going to be nice to you, even though you're not nice to me. I'm going to, the Bible, even to the extent, uh, listen now church, don't fall asleep on me, I'm, we still got 15 minutes here, and I'm going to try to finish it up here, Amen. but even, even to the extent of, you know, your, the Bible says that your enemy, it says to be good to those who despitefully use you and persecute you. What religion, I mean, I'm not saying there's none, but, but really, how many religions can you name that, 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 and, that tell you to be good to those who are not good to you? You're, you're never giving that, that, that opportunity to render evil to them because they rendered evil to you. No. Christ says, hey, you, you, want to, you want to separate, we're going to separate the crowd right now. You know, we're going to send all those people who came to eat, uh, who came just for the show, came for the, for the magic show, for the healings and all that stuff. Hey, all these people are going to get ready to disperse and go home <coughs> because uh, here, th that's not what we're here for. I'm not here to show you a magic show. Hey, I'm not here. Hey, in Christianity, we're not here to get what we can get out of it. Hey, we're here because of the love of Christ. And we can get to this point, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be good to them as long as they're good to me. But then, nope, 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 nope. It's not, it's not in here anywhere. That mindset is not here anywhere. Oh, so you just expect me to let people walk all over you. Now, if somebody's disrespecting your family, if somebody's literally, physically, you know, verbally abusing you, I'm not telling you to sit there and just laugh it off. I mean, obviously, there's a time. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there is a time to fight. <laughs> but you understand as a whole, we let our flesh get the best of us. And we allow ourselves to say and do things that are not Christ-like. You know, with most religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, all those, their motivation has to do with the anticipated outcome, the kindness in return. Okay, you be nice to me, I'll be nice to you. I'll be nice to you, but you're going to be nice to me. No, 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 no. You're going to be nice anyway. You're going to love them anyway. That person who you can't stand, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get them a gift and, and be a blessing to them anyway. We had someone who attended our church for a very short time, years and years ago. They were never in this building. It was in the old building. And I remember counseling, and their, their marriage was in really bad shape. I mean, really bad shape. And uh, the husband really didn't talk to the wife well at all. I mean, it was you know just snark remarks and, and all that stuff. And I remember her coming to me, and she said, uh, and they ended up, ended up moving away. And, uh, and I said, uh, uh, I said as she came to me, she said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do anymore. I said, you know what you do? You be good to him. He's, he's mean to you, you answer back with kindness. He, he cuts you down, you pray for him. And I, I gave her a list of things to go home and try. I said, I, I don't have the answer in all your areas. So go home and try this stuff. I said, I said, do you cook for him? She said, ah, oh, not really. I said, well, ask him what he wants for dinner tomorrow. 
well, I, I, I'm not the greatest cook. I said, well, you get you a box and you find something. <laughs> cook for him. Cook for him. So this is what she did. She texted him. Hey, uh, hey, honey, was thinking of you. And that was one of my commands to give to her. Just text them out of nowhere. Say, hey, was thinking of you. He texts back, what do you want? <laughs> so she texts me. I, asked, I, I told him I was thinking of him, and he texts me back, what do you want? And she said, what do I do? I said, just say nothing. Was just letting you know I was thinking of you today. And you know what? Basically, what I was, I was reintroducing a dating scene to them. And you know what? I mean, they were literally like they had divorce papers drawn up. They're together still today. I'm not saying it's because of me, but listen, I had them put themselves aside and focus on one another, no matter how the other one treated the other one. Our motivation is not what we can get, only if they're nice to me. Sermon on the Mount contains some of the most challenging passages in the Bible about putting others before us. And in Matthew 7, 12, it's considered to be the, just the capstone of the entire sermon. Look, look at the passage. Look at Matthew 5 and verse 40 with me, if you would. It's an example of what Jesus was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 40. The Bible says, And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat... Let him have thy cloak also. And whatsoever shall compel thee to go, and whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with them twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn them not away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be. Uh, the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You know, the context of, of this, this passage makes it clear the motivation of Matthew chapter 7, purely from a heart of service to others. You know, the Bible says that, that Jesus didn't come to minister, but to minister to. Be, or not to be ministered to, but to minister to. You know, he didn't come here to get what he could get. He didn't come here for himself. He came here for us. That love. Can I say that we're servants? If you're not serving someone, then you're missing it. You're missing it. Being able to help others, being able to do for others, even when they lash back. Now, don't forget what I said just a few moments ago. I found that when people lash at me, many of the times, maybe there was some irritation with me that they didn't like, but this is something that has been building and building and building and building. And before it's over, if you're not careful, you're going to let it just snap. You're going to just snap. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do. 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 To apply the golden rule, there must be action. Action. How do you want to be treated? Treat others with respect. Now, let, let me say this. Um, today's culture, it's not necessarily geared that way. The way, the way many people in this room were raised is not. I mean, uh, Mr. Weaver and I were talking about this after that, that, that person talked to me in that fashion. He said, you know, preacher, he said, uh, people just don't have a respect like they did. It's, it's just not even in their, in their makeup to even try to be nice by default. It just, does, it just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, it just should remind us even more of, of what we're to be doing, shining a light in this world. You know, To look at a lost person and wonder, you know, why, why are they discouraged? Hey, they don't have anything to look forward to. 
There's not, there, hey, we have the promise of heaven. We should be the happiest people we know. We, tr- we truly should. We shouldn't be walking around with ourselves, oh, I'm the biggest sinner I know. <clears throat> hey, I should be the happiest person I know because of the grace of God, because I have the truth, because I have, the, I, I have that promise of heaven. Hey, I, I should be the happiest person. So quit dragging your knuckles. They treated me this way. Oh, you big baby, get over it. Seriously, get over it. You ever had somebody chew you out before? It's okay. It's okay. I'm pretty sure when that happened, I look back, I'm pretty sure Mr. Weaver was laughing at me. <laughs> Teasing. What will it take? Don't answer this, but what will it take for you to lose your testimony tomorrow? Is it, for some of us, it's missing our morning routine. You woke up late, you had to get out the door wherever you have to go. You didn't have your cup of coffee. You didn't have your normal breakfast. You didn't have your favorite shirt clean, whatever it is. What will it take you to just be in a nasty mood out the door? And you know what? It, it just completely, it just domino effects everywhere you go. That person will never drive right on the road, <laughs> as I just told you earlier. That person, that person at work will never be able to do anything right. That person at, 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 the, at the coffee line will never get your drink right. That per, I mean, it, it'll just domino. I'm, I'm, it's amazing to me. You know, um, <clears throat> every time, I don't go that often, but uh, every once in a while I love to stop and get me a cup of coffee. And uh, my preferred cup is Starbucks. I know they're expensive. I don't go that often. Uh, but I do like the Starbucks. It's like, you know, Starbucks here, you know, Dunkin', you know, mud puddle, you know. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> I make it a point to be overly nice to those baristas because they get chewed out all the time. I remember, I remember going in one morning and I was, it was my day. I, I like going, when you say, oh, you spend, you know, I spend $3 on a cup of coffee every Monday. That's my, that's my day off. I stop at the, drop the kids off at school. I go to the coffee shop and I sit down and I just, that's my, that's my Friday. <laughs> But I've sat there and I've listened to some people come through and listen, they have literally chewed her out because they put too much cream in her coffee. And I thought, good night in heaven. Is, is that really what will set you off because they put too much cream or they didn't put enough cream or they put, I mean, I know, I know uh, Chrissy was a barista, you know, for years and I know she can tell you stories that, uh, <laughs> that are crazy, but I'm trying to get us to think here. What's it going to take us to go off on our neighbor? What's it going to take? Because our neighbor is not just that person who we share a similar address with. Our neighbor is this person in this room. Our neighbor is that person on the road. Our neighbor is that barista at the coffee shop we like to go to. Our neighbor is that person who messes up your, your food order. I'll never forget this. My, you've heard me say this, but my wife's preacher, <clears throat> every time he'd go up to the, uh, he literally would do this. When he'd go up to a drive-thru, she'd say, welcome to wherever, welcome to whoever. Uh, may I take your order? He said, I just put what you want in there. You're going to anyway. <laughs> he literally kept in his glove box he kept a, kept a bag full of salt pepper sporks forks plastic knives ketchup packets mayonnaise packets he kept all of that in there he said because i'm tired of going through and losing my testimony over them not putting ketchup in the bag but you know but you know what if that's what it took to keep him in the right spirit then hey all right then keep that bag of condiments and forks in your bag in your glove box I'm finished here tonight but I, I think you get what I'm trying to say I've had to eat crow so to speak I've not treated somebody the way I was supposed to I remember particularly in high school I was so I was so convicted this kid who was just just honestly 
He, he annoyed me. That's just, I don't know anywhere to say it. He annoyed me. And he'd come up to my lunch table and he would just say some of the most foolish things. And I just didn't have time for it. I remember one time right there and everybody's sitting there eating. I, I said, I called his name. I said, why don't you just get out of here? I, I just, I'm tired of you. And he just looked at me and then he walked away. And um, I was so convicted over that. Oh my, I was so convicted. I thought, how could I talk to him that way? And I remember going back and apologizing to him, and it was hard. And he said, I didn't think anything of it. Just thought you were having a bad day. And, you know, it was fine. We became friends. But, you know, some people don't respond to you that, that way. You know, you, do, you keep praying, you keep being gracious, keep loving them. To all, do good to all. We don't have that exception. Be good to all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.